0: One, two, three, wrestle down. Welcome to the wrestle down. Da- the wrestle down is back at remote. Yeah, we're not going to be near each other because we can't be in the same room or a last man standing match will break out. and With it will kissing. be long. <laughs> it will be very long. <laughs> we it's will we'll both be so very long. Them. It's very hard to make someone fall down from kissing. It mostly happens in Looney Tunes cartoons. Very hard.
1: Bugs Bunny. Yeah. How you doing? He was cucking (laughs) Elmer Fudd all those episodes. Um, How you doing? I'm I'm doing pretty great, honestly. Um, I have really kind of, like, I'm going to go ahead and say blossomed during quarantine, where... this is my bedroom slash studio now. Uh, my girlfriend, the wonderful Sarah Hope, who's very nice to give me this lovely throw. And it says, uh, let's cuddle and play video games.
0: Yeah, it's a lesson and a, a suggestion for all of our listeners uh, and watchers, I guess. Because we're now doing this uh, via video now. We are. This is Yeah, we've, yeah we've, we've come a long way. It's been about a year now. Or actually, it's been a year and a half, right? yep yeah we were at the one year point when uh the, the world just decided it couldn't handle any more of it and decided to unleash a uh, disease on everybody the world was just like i like beyonce y'all
1: aren't ready for this jelly here uh because i'm too corrodalicious for you babe
0: yeah exactly so i think the last episode we recorded was like the first show wwe did without an audience maybe it was like the day before they did it or something like that. We were going to just guess on how it was. And I wound up not releasing that one because the day after, um, Pat from formerly the geek down now amalgamated villainy, uh, emailed me to say, like everything was on hold. So I was like, well, I'm not going to send him an audio file of us being like, I don't know what the future holds. And then it fucking never came out. So it's in the vault and I don't know, maybe we'll put it somewhere. Yep. Yeah, look, look, look. Look forward to that, WrestleDown fans. It might come out maybe someday. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> maybe we'll be low on content one day. or Maybe there's something in there that I can splice into another episode and then we'll pretend that it's current. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, listeners, it's not always about you. Sometimes we have
1: to balance our schedules and you have to deal with our fucking leftovers.
0: Yeah, sometimes that happens. <laughs> I mean, what if, what if, like, something, God forbid, something happened to Dennis and I just had to assemble some episodes from leftover audio. Uh, I can probably do it. I could probably do a very good job of it, actually, but I would the more audio, the better in that scenario. Yeah, that's really reassuring that in case something does happen to me, that you
1: can just keep going on. I was really hoping that, you know, we could cover that base offline, but here you go, listeners.
0: Yeah, uh, whatever. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have plans. That's the... <laughs>
1: We're three minutes in,
0: and you're already <laughs> planning for the worst case. Yeah. Well, why would I plan for anything better than the worst case right now? That's fair. This season months into quarantine, I don't think it, I, last time we did the wrestle down, uh, it was unthinkable that we would still be in this situation. Yeah. Uh, six months later. Right. I, yeah. So let's. Man. Yeah. What What have so what have you been up uh, watching wrestling wise? In quarantine <laughs> uh during
1: quarantine i've been keeping up with dynamite which has been dynamite and yes. i i very much like what aw is doing um i don't think i've watched a live episode of raw or smackdown even before quarantine started um i had been keeping up with nxt until about the program between adam cole and keith lee <laughs> and yeah. i that's For me, that's one of the kind of like the most disappointing parts of quarantine is that even though there's still live wrestling being produced every week, the NXT brand, since it went live in September of 2019, has felt way more like a Kevin Dunn, Vince McMahon promotion than Triple H and Dusty Rhodes' child.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is, it's like we were spoiled very much to have like a one hour show with no commercials, focused. If they want to have a 40 minute match, we can have 20 minutes of whatever and then a 40 minute main event and it's pay-per-view quality. Yep. And then they moved it to two hours on TV. And now it's like, uh, it's like Raw SmackDown. They gotta, you gotta segment out things that are like, you know, a 10 minute segment and then a commercial break for three minutes and then come back for 12 minutes of a match. Maybe do like the intros for two minutes, another commercial. And it's like, it's possible to have the same rhythm. I yeah. haven't been able to get into NXT. And then, like, quarantine with WWE starting to do things with, like, no audience at first. Like, the shows were super dead-feeling. dead, dead feeling. Yeah. Like, everyone just kind of felt like they were wrestling. Just like, we're just going to go through, we're going to fake it till we make it. We're just going to just go through the motions. And then, eventually, real shows will happen and real eyes will come back. And it so far hasn't been able to happen. Not in, yeah. not in the way that they're
1: hoping for. I feel like you're you're spot on with how dead-feeling the initial live shows were. And yeah. um, I also just... I, I want to cover this ground because I feel like it's important because other wrestling fans may feel the same. Yeah. Um, make no mistake, the reason why uh, professional wrestling from the WWE is still being produced is that the McMahons bribed Governor DeSantis in Florida. That is like, true, yeah. They got wrestling declared an essential business. So it's already something that makes... Professional wrestling, by nature, a carny, melodramatic, mostly male soap opera. Real fucking dirty. So, um, yeah, it felt dead. It felt soulless. They didn't change a lot of, like, the production cues for the wrestlers who still cut promos as if fans were there. Right. And they still, like, choreographed matches and had them produced by agents as if fans were there. And it felt very strange for the first month or two.
0: Yeah. And then they've adjusted and things have gotten better. But, I mean, that's, you know, it's what they say about a first impression. You only get one, and it's really hard to overcome. So, like, I haven't... I've enjoyed clips and things I've seen here or there, but I haven't been able to, like, get back on a full schedule. And I... Even in, like, quote, you know, perfect times, uh, quote-unquote, like, their WWE doesn't aim to make something that appeals to me. No. Uh, specifically. Like, right. the kind of wrestling that I like, which AEW's closer to. They're not quite... They're also not quite there, but they're closer. And yeah. so... I'm more in tune to what they've been doing, and also uh, my sling, my current sling subscription is aimed towards watching as many basketball games as possible, and doesn't include USA anymore, so I don't even have the option, the one week that I was gonna um, watch NXT, uh, (laughs) I didn't have the option, so... And
1: you can't watch suits reruns, which I don't know how you're not scratching your eyes out without Meghan Markle.
0: <laughs> uh, I buy it on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, money bags. Some of us se- are the economically two hundred dollars. Good I, Lord, I made that up. I have not actually <laughs> looked at the what suits costs on iTunes right now. Two hundred Markle dollars. The complete 1966 Batman show was like twenty bucks last week, so I nice. picked that up. Um, that's like a hundred something episodes, and I'm sure Suits is like three hundred episodes or something <laughs> stupid. So, extrapolate <laughs> outwards. Um, also, yeah. you know, know that you're paying for royalty,
1: right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, just kind of looping back to quarantine and wrestling, like the the production points on WWE, they started aping AEW because just simple things like choosing to show the ring from the ramp, or excuse me, from opposite the ramp versus. Um, from the side of the ring like the WWE usually does and now does with Thunderdome and a video wall. Yeah. Like, it made a huge difference at first. And it worked so well with AEW that the WWE just straight-up copied them. And yeah. now they're flipping it back because they're going off with Thunderdome, which I was I was curious how you felt about it.
0: Um, I haven't... It looks great from what I've seen. Or I, I'm not going to say great. It's, it looks better than I would have expected cuz like when they first showed a still image online yeah. it looked like it would be crazy uh distracting um it looked like i mean the basically the the premise of the thunderdome is that they they've made a contract with uh do you know which arena it is? I don't know. I assume it's still in Florida. Okay. I yeah, I know it's definitely a Florida arena. Um but See if I can get an image going, Mm. so we can do this visually. Um, Share that screen, baby. They they install a bunch of fucking. Oh, my Safari's frozen. Well, that's fine. Um, (laughs) uh, The they install a bunch of video screens where there would be an audience, and they're just having people basically join on Zoom and watch and react and look like you know they're uh, look like they're in a crowd. And in still images, it looks an awful lot like the Smash Brothers like screen select, uh, which, you know, is weird. It's an adjustment, but like in motion, it's not all that distracting. No. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch SummerSlam tonight. Um, we'll see how that is. I'm curious of how it looks, but it's probably better than uh, just having the blank stage uh, up there.
1: Yeah, I think visually it's way more appealing than empty seats or having wrestling like trainees behind pe- plexiglass. I think that it adds a lot um, just visually, um, audially, audially, audibly, um, if I can go ahead and say that correctly. It, it hasn't clicked for me. I mean, it's it's one weekend. So, I mean, right. it, it's easy to criticize anything for the first time while everyone's figuring it out. Yeah.
0: And it sounds like they're just still piping in the sound. So, it's not like these Zoom calls. Are, oh, there we go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, no, and you're totally right. They're not piping in the sound. But um, there's a delay like anything. Like a Zoom we're right. doing right now or like anybody. Um, so, things will happen. There's like a three or four second delay. Which, again, it's... Uh, talking about spoiled, like the fact that we're cutting it that thinly as opposed to just having an empty crowd or risking the health of the performers by making them stand around the ring, this is much better.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and I mean, I didn't like the way they were doing the the fake crowd. Right. That, you know, they, they, it definitely sounded like they were coached to respond in certain ways rather than being natural. Yeah. Which uh, was not quite as true with AEW, but they also have the advantage of not being so dependent on these like strict good guy, bad guy dynamics. Right. Like everyone's kind of a gray area and you just cheer for whoever you think is cool. Pretty much. Which
1: like wrestling is always going to be at its best when you're just trusted as a fan to root for whoever you want, whoever makes sense for you. And I think that just kind of, if we're gonna zone in specifically, even though I haven't been watching the shows start to finish, I've been watching highlights. And at le- on the WWE side, Bailey and Sasha, our two favorite horsewomen, are killing it.
0: Yep, yeah, they're doing. Gr- they have been carrying the shows effect effectively. Yep, um, they're the. Anytime some uh, show ends, uh, the thing you're hearing the most about is them, which is pretty cool. It's yep. it's weird. I think I I made this. Uh, this observation in like our group chat, but like quarantine's kind of put them in a position to give us what we want. Like Drew McIntyre the champion. Keith Lee was NXT champion until last night. Yep. Um,
1: Spoiler Sasha alert. Sasha and
0: Bailey. Yeah. Sasha and Bailey are holding all of the titles. Asuka at one point was holding uh, one of the titles. Yep. Like it's a dream come true, but it's just their presentation like ruined it. It made it hard to connect with it, so I'm hoping maybe SummerSlam will get me back on. Right. I, don't know. I mean, I
1: I hope that's the case for you because, like you said, and I'll I agree with. I love Oscar, I love, love Bailey, I love Sasha, and on paper, if you're going to tell me that the booking for the WWE since WrestleMania has been Becky Lynch um, starts a family, so she has to uh, she has to vacate the title, and and Becky gets it, and then they navigate a bumpy exit for Kyrie, So now Oscar's just a singles again. And right. um, she eventually gets to a SummerSlam feud with both Bailey and Sasha. That sounds like a dream. But yep. because, like, there's... Sasha Banks has done an excellent job on social media and on air of kind of blurring the lines between kayfabe and shoot with, is she mad at Vince McMahon? Is she not? Is she happy with her spot? Is she not? Does she think she should book differently? Bailey as yep. a character has finally found its footing as a heel, which like mm. every Bailey start of whatever her alignment is has just sucked for six months. Like, she got called up as a face and just floundered for a bit, even though she was women she was raw women's champion. She got yep. her lunch eaten by Alexa Bliss, who was killing it. And then as a heel they couldn't decide if they wanted Charlotte to be the focus. So she, like, Bailey was lost in the shuffle for like six months. And then, like, WWE booking has this habit of not having a strong direction or motivation for a character, but giving them like a four to six month winning streak. And then retroactively, they retcon it to be like, oh yeah, no, she's really dominant. We meant to do that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah. It's been a weird road, but there's... There have been bright spots on their, like, quarantine era of uh, booking. Yeah. So I am looking forward to whatever they're throwing at us tonight. I'm happy that as of, I don't know when I checked, like, 9 p.m. last night, uh, SummerSlam has less than, like, 15 matches uh, scheduled. Yay! <laughs> a, a low, a record low compared to the rest of this decade. Good so, Lord. Or the past decade. Uh, so. What a stat. Yeah. So we will see if this will uh, be good. And they've been doing shorter pay-per-views, which been which has been very nice. Yeah, very very welcome compared to the like seven-hour WrestleMania that we sat through, which was a great show, but it's hard to yeah, hard to keep a crowd
1: interested that whole time. I mean, just thinking about Wrestle Kingdom this year, of if we, if you and I and Ben and Alyssa had had the opportunity to go to WrestleMania over the course of two nights in New Jersey rather than one, it would have been so much better.
0: Yep, we would have been recharged the next day, we would have digested the first half and, you know, just mentally prepared ourselves for another three and a half hours or whatever.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, like, it it was a happy accident for you and I as, like, indie wrestling fans because we got to see Orange Cassidy does a thing, something, maybe, I don't know. Um, I got to see the Ring of Honor New Japan Supercard at Madison Square Garden, my first garden show. Yep. Um, I got to see TakeOver that Friday with Ben and I watched Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole have their classic match mm-hmm. uh, where Gargano finally won the NXT title and, and Ciampa was there in his neck brace. Like, really huge, marquee, memorable moments. And then we got to be there for the women main eventing WrestleMania, Becky pinning Ronda Rousey and Kofi Mania. Like, we saw a yep. bunch of good stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they just gave us too much stuff. All at <laughs> once. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of Orange Cassie, though, he has been doing a thing, uh, this, uh, for sure he's been doing a thing in AEW. Yep. Uh, that, you, you said you were watching Dynamite, I also have. Yep. Uh, he's basically been in a long, multi-month feud with Chris Jericho.
1: Chris Jericho, if he wasn't firmly in the conversation for top three greatest of all time, should be there now, because yeah. he anchored AEW's main event scene until, um, Moxley took it over, which in and of itself, that program with him and Moxley was multi-month, multi-competitor, multi-match, or actually, it was just one title match. But like, there were multiple teases before they actually squared off. Yep. And then, as soon as Jericho was done, like helping establish the inner circle in the main event scene, he pivoted beautifully to these weird, like, the stadium uh, stampede match, which was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I would say, until that match had happened. I would have picked um, the cinematic matches, the Boneyard match, and um, the Firehouse-Funhouse matches as the best cinematic matches I'd ever seen. And then Stadium Stampede happened, and it was a 45-minute
0: wacky fucking classic. Yeah, I think I will still give the Firefly-Funhouse match from Mania uh, the edge over that one, just because it was conceptually so weird. Yeah. But like this was so fun, and it's like, that happened... In an empty stadium, because the original plan was basically a War Games knockoff. Yeah. Uh, Which I'm sure would have been good, but it would not have been as unique and weird and fun and funny as the stadium stampede that AEW did. Right. Uh, With the Elite versus the Inner Circle, all over the empty arena doing whatever they could think of to fill up 45 minutes with the fun gags and spots and just, uh, it's everything you could ask for. And tip of the cap to AEW for doing more with less. You're right. It was
1: the Elite versus the Inner Circle, but it was the Elite minus Cody. Right. Cody has been anchoring the mid-card scene after losing to Jericho, not being able to challenge for the world title, and he's been elevating everyone in the middle. So Jericho's working at the top. Um, Omega and Paige are helping us reestablish the tag scene without the Bucks, which has been yep. very interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, the Bucks kind of on the fringe. I wonder how much uh, office like executive vp stuff that they have to do that takes up their time yeah because it seems like at any given week it could be a choice and it likely is on some level Yep, but it also might not be a choice they might just be busy with other stuff that they have to do so they have to seed the show to you know other talents and it's working for them it's really
1: working for them and one thing that really turned me off about the bucks before ew started as a company was i thought like I understand that their characters are that they're very full of themselves, and that's part of what makes them excellent, hateable heels. Yeah. But my, I was nervous before the company got off the ground um, in the fall of 2018. I think it was now um, that they were just gonna that the elite was just gonna dominate the company, and it was gonna be like Oshida wrestling. If anyone is into fucking Japanese wrestling from 1995, where like all of the cards were just the mate, them, but. I think part of it has to do with, like you're saying, uh, vice president stuff. I think a lot of it has to do with Nick Jackson having starting, or not starting, but having another child. The quarantine, like there's been no shortage of, of hurdles. And I think that what AEW has done especially well, and I think what the Dirt Sheets and wrestling fans have been very forgiving of, is that they understand that the company's getting started. Yeah. So they'll forgive... The booking in the long term of things like Rio being a non-starter because she was going back and forth between Japan and here, or yeah. um, SCU being good and getting kind of a title run because this was a thank you to them for helping get the company started and being being anchors on being the elite. But now AEW is paying off all of these seeds that they planted. Where, as of last night, spoiler alert. Cody just lost the T N T title to uh, Brody Lee, so now the Dark Order is more powerful. Um, yes. Cody very much seems like he's going to start the Four Horsemen again with Sean Spears, Tully Blanchard, and NFTR. Which yeah. um, I love everybody in there except for Spears, who I feel like is just going to be like the Jimmy Garvin of the group. Yeah. He's just going to be there to take beatings and be silly, but everyone else is just going to like rip people's hearts out. Yeah, we'll
0: see. I feel like last the end of Dynamite. Uh, with uh, Dark Order beating up Cody and his family and associates, uh, kind of le- leads me to believe that Cody might be out for a little bit. But we'll see. Yeah, uh, I can see them just taking some time off. But then again, Brandy does have some uh, storyline with Allie that she has to like follow up on. Maybe who knows? Sometimes they just drop things, and it's you know a little frustrating. But they're like you said, they're new. They're still figuring things out. They've yep. only been on TV for less than a year now. Yeah. Which,
1: I mean, even despite being on for less than a year, they have a television contract for another two or three years and mm-hmm. T- TNT is very happy with their management and the con family. So, business-wise, behind the scenes, insofar as fans like you and I could understand, they seem to be in, in, in stable shape.
0: Yeah. Where... I mean, They're supposed yeah. to start a new show sometime, you know, that got announced right before COVID right. struck America. So,
1: and... That. And I mean, they've had Dark right along. So what I feel like they've done better than even the WWE and smaller companies is they have the live cable show, but then they have their syndicated, essentially, YouTube show. And it's been difficult in quarantine making appointment viewing. So I appreciate that Dark, it goes live on Tuesdays, but you can watch it whenever you want. Right. And... It it is absolutely played for what it is. It's it's the dark matches. The announcers are more loose, which is more fun. Ex- Excalibur and Taz and Tony Schiavone are just having fun. Yep. And it and you can tell it's their voices rather than people piping in lines through a headset. And it's like you and I for years have been as fans turned off by WWE announcing for the most part. Like you lost your patience with Corey Graves way sooner than I did. And yeah. Like it's gotten to the point where I, I really f- used to just only enjoy Vic Joseph and Mauro Ronaldo and now it's just Mauro with Beth Phoenix. Everybody else is sounds the same.
0: Yeah, they're they're just feeding a vanilla. Uh, no, no icing or anything. Uh, yeah, no yep. other Flavors. No icing on that vanilla ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I know how food works. I've eaten some before.
1: <laughs> oh, you, you sure have, and I've eaten the rest that you haven't. If anybody would like to admire my quarantine sixteen, this shirt used to fit comfortably.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Yeah, America's. It's crazy that America's, at least the big companies, have been pushing through, uh, whether just you know TV contracts needing them to do it or whatever uh, they have. But like on the other side of parts of the globe, I the UK seems like they've just stopped uh, i don't think they've gotten back into action yet they shouldn't they i yeah. uh,
1: absolutely had a reckoning to deal with and i'm glad that um i'm glad it happened i'm glad right. speaking out happened it was devastating emotionally as a wrestling fan because you can't look at those performers the same way you can't look at those companies the same way A lot of ill will you kind of assume about a smaller company like Progress working with a larger company like the WWE, which WWE basically makes no bones about being monopolistic and building its basically success story off of that. Right. And then you add on top of that promoters and performers choosing to either look the other way with a lot of sexual assault allegations or cases or harassment, if not the people involved being direct being directly responsible and guilty of it so now we don't have Travis Banks in NXT UK now we don't have Jack Gallagher Gallagher, with his weird fucking pirate reboot um and honestly it's not a loss given the gravity of what they did but yeah for about a week like Similar to ten years ago, I was like, "Am I a wrestling fan anymore?" Because it seems like fans are just going to
0: be fine to move on from this. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I actually was trying to uh, navigate us to shit that's still going on. Yeah, uh, I was gonna like do same news stuff for like a second segment, but we can go in there now. Okay. Uh, yeah. Over. So. I wanted to just keep the news down to 10 to so see how much we could fit in because so much shit happened over quarantine. Yep. Uh, but now the timer's out the window. It's fucking whatever. Yeah. Um, so What's editing? Happened. Yeah. So I don't know how to edit a Zoom video. So fucking the raw audio is what it's, what fans are getting. Cool. Uh, <laughs> the, um, but yeah, the so quarantine happened. We did WrestleMania without the audience. That was weird. And then like just like, fucking cavalcade of news from everywhere. Uh, uh, Arisa Hoshiki uh, retired from stardom. Uh, They did their No Audience show. I thought it was better than WrestleMania. Uh, It was very good. Yeah, on the whole, it was more fun. Uh, But, like, for a couple months, she was absent from cards. Um, You know, randomly, no explanation. And then she announced that she had to retire due to injuries. And uh, unfortunate, she was one of my favorites in Stardom, and then one of my other favorites from Stardom uh, unfortunately committed suicide. Uh, Hanakamura, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, died due to um, cyberbullying. Yeah, cyberbullying from fans of Terrace House, which is another thing that was one of my favorite things. So yep. it's just been it was, it's been hard watching uh, that unfold for Stardom, and then they started up their shows again. Uh, they were going fantastic. They were. Killing it. And then some uh, roster members tested positive for COVID 19 and they've had to shut down for the rest of the month. So it's just been tough watching it, but I've really respected that they've taken the time to, uh, the downtime they've used very well to update their backlog. So we got all kinds of old stuff from like Kyrie Sane and Ir that you could watch uh, on their website. Yeah. It's been dope. I mean, up on that.
1: Th- yeah when when the network started at this point 6 years ago um, m- the online model for wrestling companies was unproven so now the lifeblood of a lot of of every company i would say at this point because of quarantine is online subscriptions so stardom like you said is chock full of good content um independentwrestling.tv i believe is the the link it has a bunch of different associated companies not chicara cuz chicara's gone now too yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're you're able to um, catch up on Stardom and also TJPW and NOAA, which are about to join forces. Or is that DDT and uh, NOAA?
0: Uh, all of them. Uh, all of NOAA, them, yeah. The, the Cyber Agent is the company that owns DDT and TJPW, and they bought Noah towards the end of last year. Yep. I think due to some pre-existing deal, NOAA stuff isn't live on their website, but like afterwards they get uploaded to their uh, what's it called um, Wrestle Universe service. So I've been watching DDT. They've DDT and TJPW did the best job of like keeping a, a thing safe by having shows basically in their dojos, yep, and just continuing on with whatever wacky shit they were going to do, uh, whether that means animating uh, special effects of like Godzilla shit and explosions and kaiju battles into their uh, shows. Or just having little tournaments, or doing putting Zoom calls up on their website—it's been pretty fun. Mm. I've, that's been like the uh, uh, discovery of mine on a yeah. you know, personal van level of uh, just catching up on like what those companies are doing and really enjoying it. What
1: I was heartened by, in addition to everything like you, that you just mentioned about DDT, TJPW, and NOAA, is that um, New Japan US is still going and is yeah. still able to organize and produce shows. So they have their um, New Japan USA uh, Cup, which it's smaller scale because it has to be. It's in a noticeably different arena than you see New Japan shows being produced in, even if it were, say, like a Ring of Honor crossover show. It's smaller, it's more intimate, and the talent pool is more shallow because these are the guys that were in the U.S. when quarantine hit. So, like, your biggest feud or your biggest what feels like your best case scenario for a final is going to be Kenta versus Jeff Cobb, which is still very good. Um, if not Kenta versus David Finley, I forget exactly how the brackets break out, but one thing that I'm very happy got revived, um, back when, uh, with spandex was still around. Fuck you, Brendan Stroud was, um, Emily Pratt was, has been recapping new Japan stuff and has continued to. And part of what she kind of clued me into as a recapper was, Uh, Kenta wants to restart his online dating sim romance with the New Japan cameraman (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) I I wonder how much that was like a thing that he just saw or something that he planned or if he saw people making jokes about him and was like ah yes that is where I'm going to get over uh, with sex appeal and now he has a very cute hair and I'm enjoying I haven't been able to watch a lot of the New Japan US stuff but I've been hearing good things and uh, you've been watching it right? I have, and um,
1: I will say this, I very much appreciate the work that Kevin Kelly does, and I hope that um, Kozlov, Alex Kozlov, sits down, watches every show after it's done, and learns to speak like a human being, (laughs) because he is just noticeably very monotone and very rigid, and again, like... AEW and other companies get the benefit of the doubt in terms of producing new content and finding their way. And it's always so surprising to me when career-long professional wrestlers transition to the announce booth and
0: suck! Yeah. He's so bad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, God. And, like, New Japan, uh, in Japan, i have been... I, I think with one where we split. We've been watching uh, New Japan stuff. Oh, actually, do you mind... Uh, Give me control of the screen. Ah, uh, yeah. If you want to share your screen, uh, that's what people yeah. will see. Sure. Cool. Yeah. Sometimes it's just going to be us, but I figured while we're talking about New Japan, mm-hmm. we don't need to have Sasha and Bailey. No, uh, we do not. I mean, New we New always Japan should, but yes, but like they, it's it's not necessary. Uh, yeah, let's throw some New Japan. Out. Yeah. Um, ah, poor Gabriel kid. Yeah, I know. I saw that. He's like Gabriel Kidd, the, the one LA Dojo guy who got left out, got left in Japan, and he was doing a good job. Yep. Yeah, I guess it is Cobb versus um, Kenta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just keep that image up. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I've we the big news coming out of New Japan Japan was uh, Evil leaving, Wilson Gavan stay to uh to turn on his you know, their their leader Tetsuya Naito and win the top two titles in the company hell yeah yeah good shock the match itself that they did was not great i mean i think we're uh okada being a once in a generation talent has probably damned us to a few years of these new japan main events that are like 45 minutes and do not need to be 45 minutes uh which is unfortunate for naito because I think that's the thing that's hampering his, or was hampering his, uh, top reign. Yeah. Since Wrestle Kingdom.
1: It's interesting that you say that because I, I totally agree with you that there's a standard that basically Okada set and he's all on his own. Like everybody in New Japan, in ring quality wise, they, ha- there are different people that mix with him and, will put on like excellent in ring matches. Like his technical matches with Sonata are very good, but I don't think Sonata connects as well with the crowd as he does. He does no. with the Japanese audience, but it's not the same. Yeah. And with Naito, like you like you're you're absolutely right. His knees are fucked. So yeah. whenever you ask he Naito as well
0: as he used
1: to No. It, but he can still go. Like there's a reason yes. why they made him the first double champion is that he is the most over face in the company besides Okada. And yeah. If you're going to put him in a match with Evil, who I love Evil. Friend of the show, Patrick O'Connor, and I had this discussion a year and a half ago where we were just like, if you could put your body and soul into another person, we both picked Okada. But after that, we were like tearing out every top person in New Japan. And we, and both of us agreed. We were like, Sonata's is going to be a world champion before Evil. Evil has such a hacky name and it's just all in caps and he comes out with a fucking trench coat and a giant scythe and light up bullshit that like he's just... He ended up being this generation Sergeant Slaughter, right place, right time, like yeah. mid-card heel, elevated to the main event, but I fucking love it. Yeah, I'm
0: not as big a fan um, of evil. Uh, and he just doesn't blow me away as a character or in the ring, which is, you know, I, he can grow. But like it just seems like oh I didn't mean to do a video right I wanted, I wanted a still image
1: yep uh, yeah there we go that's um and the thing With is the y- that that's it like yeah. the what I think Gato has done masterfully as a booker is he recognized in quarantine that something big at the top of the card needed to happen to keep people interested in New Japan right which meant Naito losing but instead of the title switch that you might be able to fantasy book from your couch and say, oh, okay, they'll just move it back to Okada. They basically rocked um, three different stables at the same time. They fucked up Chaos because they took out Okada and yep. shunted him into a feud, a mini feud with Yujiro, which made Yujiro fucking relevant again. Holy shit. In 2020, <laughs> yeah. the Tokyo pimp was near the top of the card. Um, they like in a a very small scale because New Japan stables are so small and dedicated and close-knit fucked up Los Ingo Nobles because one of the first three members left and destroyed Naito on the way out and as you see in that image is now double champ and they added Dick Togo and him to Bullet Club so now Dick Togo shows up randomly fucking Hitman style garroting people which is hilarious with his like big floppy man like grand grandpa titties and he just is yeah. but he can still go yeah. and like and evil he got rid of the fucking melodramatic face um, like eyeshadow and bullshit and now he just kind of looks like a weird tiger beat version of himself
0: but fuck it Io Shirai likes it so who are we to judge yeah. I am not I'm still not sold on it none of it interests me Yeah. Um, character wise I just don't care about any of it it just makes me feel this. my eyes are like glazing over oh we uh, have, oh we froze a little bit there can you hear me afterwards that they did yeah um, where he faced Hiroma which was a good match yep just like once that was over I was like oh, okay we're gonna get um Naito and evil again uh, in a couple weeks and I'm pretty excited for that event it's just like the road there has just been that's a slog. Like, yeah, I'm like, I don't need all of the details. I just want, give me the card. Let me see some of these matches to like reinvigorate my fandom, and then we'll see. But yeah. right now, I'm just like, this doesn't intrigue me at all. Let's put it that way. Like I, I respect everyone, and all the decision-making involved and yep. the intricacy of it, but none of it makes me excited to tune in again, and I haven't quite uh, tuned in since. That's a shame. I, I don't think any
1: company in quarantine is able to say that. I don't think any company has been able to put out weekly compelling content because everyone worldwide is in a bit of an emotional down because right. we're not back to life as we used to know it. So yeah. I think that um, in terms of long-term long term booking, I think AEW and New Japan have been doing the best. I think Stardom was doing as well as it could before. Like you said, people got hurt, uh, sick. Um. Yeah. But Okada, as his character in Kayfabe, pitched the idea for um, oh, yes. the, the tournament they're doing, which if you want to throw that graphic up, we can talk that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's uh, preview the, what they've got coming up, because I am excited for it. Uh, the Summer Struggle. Okay. Um, preview media! Yeah, the preview down. So the <laughs> idea of the King of Pro Wrestling Tournament, which is effectively a knockoff of one of DDT's titles. Uh, I guess Okada's been watching the competition <laughs> and he had an idea. And then he said that he was going to do something bigger than the IWGP heavyweight title. And he came up with this weird thing, which is that um, as the first round is going to be four singles matches where each wrestler comes up with their own stipulation that they can add to the match. Yep, And then fans will vote on them before the match happens. And depending on what the fans vote on, uh, this is what we'll see. So on Wednesday the 26th, uh, the, matches, the first match we'll have is uh, Satoshi Kojima versus El Desperado. Uh, Kojima wants a match that's only finishers. And El Desperado wants a match that has no finishers. Uh, last I saw, the vote was going towards no finishers which is dumb, in my opinion. Give me a finisher-only match.
1: Correct. Um, I, if you can find it, um, there is a link that will take you to, like, allowing you to vote. Um, it This is, like, the rundown of the whole um, card, but there legitimately is on their website, which I think is very smart, a page that will show you what all the matchups are, and then below each of the matchups, it'll have a link that says Vote Now. It takes yes. you right to their Twitter, you get to vote on it however you want, and then after you vote on Twitter, it shows you the results in real time. So, yeah, let's
0: see if I can. The, no, that's just the reveal. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but point being, the the idea that like the WWE and other companies have dabbled with this level of fan a- interactivity in the past, like Taboo Tuesday and Cyber Sunday, were at least the best modern examples I can think of, of we're going to pull the fans for what they want to see based on how we want to book it, and then we'll basically make a kayfabe agreement. There it is. Yeah. Um,
0: right, I'll, I'll which... Bottom to top.
1: Yeah, it's also funny because, like, as, as far as I understand, the show Sonata one, they were just like, no, you're getting a submission match. Fuck you.
0: Yeah, both of them wanted the same match. I think like, <laughs> one show wanted a... Oh, okay. I already voted, so I can't vote again, but... yeah. People want no finishers apparently. Whatever, uh, I think finisher only is funnier. Just because, like, how do you plan that as a wrestler? I I think booking wise, no
1: finishers at least gives you more of the like the expectation that El Desperado could win because he's a junior and Satoshi is a former IWGP heavyweight champ.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. I like personally, I think you and I are just like more fans of absurdist comedy and wrestling. So. Yeah. Um, I agree that I, I'd be more entertained by a finisher-only match if for no other reason than just to watch like Kojima bust out every fucking finisher he's ever had to crush Desperado. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, Desperado's been putting on amazing matches with Shingo and Ishii and other people, so like, if this is a chance for him to continue to kind of do a Tai Chi transition from junior to heavyweight, I'm, I'm for it.
0: Yeah, that's been the rumor that he's going to be heavyweight soon, so we'll see. But I, I am looking forward to Seeing what he does uh with no finishers. Yep. Uh the other the next <laughs> match they were having voted for, Toriano wants two count pinfalls and Bushi wants five count ring outs. Uh that's the difference uh, compared to three counts, which is standard, and twenty counts in New Japan yep. ring outs. Um that could I do no I don't care who wins, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. All right, but like, but who wins the vote, who which rules happen? Yeah,
1: I, see, this is why I appreciate creative booking for characters to me who are pretty bland. Like, Bushi, to me, is an entrance. I know that years ago, he was one of, like, the pioneers of the, or not the pioneers, but, like, one of the foundational members of the junior division. Yep. But the last three, four years, he just kind of shows up to get his ass kicked in high-profile matches. Right, Um, basically,
0: I mean, when you have, when you're Stable Maze Hiromu, you're not going to be the top junior yeah. in your, um, in the stable.
1: Yeah, when that and when Osprey's in the company and they fucking have a humongous boner for Osprey. Um, yeah. So I, I get why he's booked the way he's booked and where he is on the card, but um, the only other character trait I know about him, or character traits is that he was the second member of LIJ, Rocky Romero hates him for no reason, and he he does the MX, which is like a Bret's Rope uh, codebreaker which okay right um so yeah yano for a two count pinfall match he's going to fucking do everything he can to
0: cheat and win and i can't wait to see it yeah um five count ring out would have been fun it's not winning currently in the poll but uh considering yano lost uh, his match with hiromu because he got tied up and tossed into an elevator uh <laughs> the downside for a five count <laughs> match <laughs> that was an amazing match uh it was so good post- yeah uh, one of, probably the best comedy match of the quarantine. Uh. So,
1: what, what, and here's something I really want to fucking underline a million times. So, yep. um friend of the show, Amancio Lopes, has never seen New Japan. And um, during quarantine, he and I, like this, have only really been able to watch wrestling together over Discord or whatever. So, what I showed him was, before that match in the New Japan Cup tournament, was the six-man where new japan has such a masterful stroke of being able to pull character callbacks before Hiromu became kamatachi and went to cmll he got his head shaved as a young lion by yano five years ago yeah. so for the six man match that builds up to yano versus time bomb they had yano come out with chaos where it was him okada and i think it was show or Yano or uh shoryo and Time Mom comes out and looks legitimately fucking traumatized because he has long, beautiful hair, and he doesn't want it
0: to take a cut. Yep. So... Uh, the match is built around uh, Yano pulling scissors out from all over the arena, uh, just hidden all over. Like, he went in a couple hours early and just put a bunch of scissors. He just went to a drugstore, bought as all the scissors they had, then went to the arena and scattered them around and tried to cut Romo's hair wherever he could
1: the whole show is it, the whole match is yeah. booked with Kazuchika Okada and i think it was either Naito or Shingo was like the like the heavyweight anchor of the team yep. with like these world class talents built around haircuts and mm-hmm. okada has the like one of the best spots of that whole match because yano and time bomb fight to the lobby of the building which god bless japan for getting the most out of tiny fucking spaces because yep. the lobby is like the size of a CVS aisle and like the two of the, at one point time bomb gets his feet tied together and Yano is so proud that he tied his feet together he's just standing over him laughing and then Okada bursts in like a fucking comedy sketch he's like you have till two to get back in <laughs> like Okada cannot get past the idea that people don't want to win all the time <laughs> and he's like legitimately uh... distressed that he's gonna lose and mm-hmm. so everybody gets counted out Fucking LIJ, understanding their comedy chops, deadpan, pick up fucking Time Bomb with his feet tied together and just like, yeah, this is how we're going to carry you back. You're traumatized and everything, but we're so cool that we're not going to emotionally support you. And then it
0: just,
1: and then it builds to the fucking singles match where the very last frame of Time Bomb versus Yano is just a shot of the elevator on floor five. To just make it yeah. very clear that Yana was not going to be able to get back.
0: Right. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, yeah, they did a great job. Uh, the New Japan Cup shows were really good. Uh, I thought, like, there for almost every night there was like one great match, and everything else was at least watchable, which is you know very good for no audience. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we had Show versus uh, Sonata, which we mentioned. Well, they think this is the one that had the specific. Um, show, he was, he's mission, new submission. He suggested a submission match. Yeah. And Sonata said, making your opponent give up is, was his suggestion for a stipulation, which is the same fucking thing. So.
1: That's a regular match. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is exactly what I was saying about Sonata earlier. Is that like show of Rapongi 3K? I feel like Yo is going to break out. I feel like, um, Yo, really? No one's expecting Yo to break out. And because they're so expect... Like, I think Show's still going to get booked like Shawn Michaels, but I think Yo's going to break out and be, mm-hmm. like, a, a future junior star. Yeah. Um, but Sho, at least with, like... They understand that he's just still very nervous. He hasn't really broken out of his shell character-wise. He just has, yeah. like, lightning trappings, aesthetics. But his new entrance music is fucking killer. They gave him some chip tunes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And he looked great in the New Japan Cup. He beat Shingo and didn't win the never open weight title, but looked great in that match and in the New Japan Cup. Right. I'm I love show. Sonata's still a fucking pseudo pirate for no fucking reason and is suggesting <laughs> <Yeah>. singles matches. <laughs> like yeah.
0: this is why I don't like Sonata the <laughs> yeah. character. Right. He doesn't believe in anything. Yeah, he's not the my favorite thing about him uh, suggesting the same match as his opponent is that it does kind of play into the joke that he's a himbo. Like, he's not even going to make up a different thing. We're not voting on this one because uh, they just wanted the same thing. And so we'll see. It's going to be good, I'm sure. Uh, they're both great in the ring. Just you know, Neither of them are strong character-wise. So it would be no. that they're not going to... Offer you a great stipulation no, and like
1: the the last point i 'll make on Sonata because he he legitimately is an excellent technical wrestler, yeah um, and the Japanese crowd, especially like the female contingent, which i don 't think you and I really f- fully grasp as like an important part of their booking based on how often they make tanahashi oh, no, get I'm, naked
0: i'm aware that they they're pushing the sex appeal of their. Roster. For
1: okay, sure. I well, I'll speak for myself then. But basically, like in terms of just like man meat, they they absolutely yeah. know how to book Sonata and Tanahashi. But um, with Sonata specifically, like every year there seems to be a big showdown between him and Okada. And I didn't get it before when Okada would just basically pick up a microphone and be like, "Why are we doing this again?" <laughs> and now I get it. He's just like yeah. every time he faces off with him, he's like, "Break out, you fucking!" Yeah beautiful man what are you waiting for and sonata is just like
0: i'm a pirate yes yeah (laughs) does not have much of a character to go on and it's like i mean the commentary around his singles matches and these those okada match moments is usually that like he just doesn't have the drive or he's not passionate enough about wrestling or whatever he just yeah that the the emotional motivation to like get to the next level he just doesn't have it it's been years and it's weird I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you you made the excellent point that I had no
1: idea about when I was first getting into New Japan that he's still technically considered a part-timer for the company.
0: Yeah. Um, right. he's not signed for a he's not signed to a full-time contract with them. Right. So, I
1: mean, it and this is like personally devastating for me as a New Japan fan is that like he strikes me as a bushi where yeah. he's very passionate about a specific part of the wrestling business, but because it's not being the top guy or making people understand his character in like three or four dimensions. He just shows up and does his job that the way that he really likes it, but he doesn't really want the top spot, almost like Daniel Bryan. Um, But the difference is Daniel Bryan is like explosively globally charismatic as, but Sonata just doesn't seem to want that.
0: Yeah. And I mean, just from an in-ring perspective, Daniel Bryan was like, in his prime was the best of all time. Correct. Like you can't deny him. So, of course, he's going to wind up in the best spot, but you're right, he just wants to wrestle. Yeah. Which is why he's in the mid of WWE right now, and
1: he's probably happy. Oh, my God. And, like, uh, th- this is a very quick segue. I um, yeah. listened to uh, Daniel Bryan's autobiography on audiobook years ago, and mm. his entire audiobook reads, like, the most humble book into his life, which is exactly what you'd expect, but it also... A to Z explains why the WWE shit-canned him for, like, seven years. Because they were just right. like, why don't you want this? And he was like, I want to wrestle. And they were like, why?
0: <laughs> why don't you want to fight against a celebrity in a match with, you know, that's like 30 minutes of people interfering with you. Why don't you want to eventually become bigger than the
1: company and transition to Hollywood like John Cena in The Rock? Why do you love us? Why can't you hate us?
0: <laughs> oh, God. So the last match of this like first round of this tournament is uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Yujiro Takahashi. Okada thinks he can beat uh, Takahashi in a one-on-three handicap match with two other people against him. Yeah, that confident. Yeah, I think he can do it. He personally. can. Yep. Uh, and the uh, the other stipulation is a lumberjack match where the lumberjacks have leather belts and then don't let you leave the ring. They use those belts to keep you in there. Yep. So have you voted on this? I did vote on this one. I don't remember I think I went with the lumberjack match. Uh, yeah.
1: In in the group thread that we had, um, I told you I immediately regretted my vote because I voted for the one on three because I thought it yeah. was just gonna be like a good one on three. And yeah. <laughs> if it wins, it's gonna be Yujiro versus Okada, which is an okay one on one, but it's gonna be Gato and Jado as the three.
0: Right. And it's the final result. So it's going to be the lumberjack match.
1: Good. Okay. Because I I got worried. I'm just like, Gato can still work. He's not ever going to, he shouldn't ever be anything other than like an occasional guest star for like main event feuds or yeah. maybe as a filler like junior challenger.
0: Right. But Giotto it can't walk <laughs> correctly <laughs> no. anymore. Oh, God. One of my favorite moments of the, um, I think it was the uh, Naito Evil. Match maybe it was a Haruma Evil match. I can't remember. Yeah. There was a lot of Bullet Club interference for either of them. Right, but like they sent Jado out to do the interference. And he just he's walking like a glacier. Yeah, man, up the, up the aisle until yeah. um, who was it? Uh, what's his name? Like uh, the junior they have in Chaos or in um, Bullet Club. Uh, oh, uh, Ishimori. Yeah, Ishimori. Like Jado's walking at a pace of like. Half a mile an oh. hour, <laughs> yeah. just carrying his kendo stick. And then Yujiro bolts out from the back, like fast, like a bullet to the ring. No pun intended. To the, ring, <laughs> <laughs> to, to the interference, and I like can't, I can't tell if that was like an intentional thing. Like they're like, oh, we're sending Jado out to you know distract uh, evil's opponent, or if they're like, fuck, Jado's taking forever to get to the ring, and this match only has ten minutes left. We need someone to do something to kill the time. We should have had him out there the whole time. Oh, my God. Like,
1: and it's unintentional, I think you you'd said it best, but, like, what a better way to make Giotto look like a piece of shit than <laughs> yeah. to have fucking Ishimori bolt past him. It's yeah. the literal best diamet- diametrically opposed, like, body types you could have short of, like, having Fale and Gabriel Kidd. Like, yeah, you.
0: it doesn't get more extremely different. I know. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, <clears throat> it's going to be... I didn't realize that these were all... The voting's closed, so... Yeah. Uh, all these that we saw were the winners, are the winners. Um, so, it's going to be a lumberjack match. I don't see how that's appreciably different from a, a handicap match, other than there's more props. Like, you know, the the lumberjack's going to include Yedo and Jado. And right. people are going to get hit with the belt, and Okada's going to have to have some marks on his skin for a
1: couple days. Well, I think... I think the biggest key difference is that Okada is has been booked as the type of white meat babyface that he wouldn't want seconds with him from Chaos. But if right. you make it a lumber, ba- if you make it a lumberjack match, it doesn't even have to be Chaos members. It probably will, but yeah, um, you can have Young Lions, Chaos members, Bullet Club. Um, I can't imagine that they'd have like Suzuki going in Lij there too. But right. this incorporates like more diversity of like, character involvement and crossover to book, like, future singles and six-man tags than it does if it was just one-on-three. Yeah. So I like this better.
0: Right. Yeah. So we'll see. I think uh, all these matches could be fun. It's different for New Japan. They don't normally do this kind of gimmick match for any of these things. So Yeah. Uh, interesting. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then the results of these four matches will be uh, in a four-way match at King of— or not King Pro Wrestling, what's it called? Summer Struggle— on saturday the 29th
1: which i mean i i think the last time that i can remember that new japan had a four-way match was when the junior title was vacated because
0: Hiromo got hurt so it's been like a year and a half since they've had a four-way dance yeah and before that it would have been uh, probably the juniors again yeah uh, at wrestle kingdom that one time
1: yep so i mean this is legitimately something like like you're saying this is new this is different this is fresh for new japan and um the first match is Master Wato continuing to kind of figure out who the hell he is versus Kanemaru. He's the Grandmaster. So, way to the Grandmaster! What the fuck does that mean? You, what more do you want? What is way the why? The- why do you call a person "way to the Grandmaster"? He's. Well, he's, he's I think it's because his, his
0: name is Wato. It's like way too. What he's do not- you know that I don't? <laughs> well, he's young. So he's not quite a Grandmaster, but he's on the way to being a Grandmaster. It's, it's he the, is I, on the way. He isn't the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. My brain, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> he's not a path. Uh, maybe he is. You don't know. Maybe <laughs> if you beat him, you become the Grandmaster. What does Kanamaru need that, that for? I don't know. You probably before, For, from a whiskey that way. Uh, fair enough. Okay.
1: So, like, <laughs> he masters being the Suntory Surprise grand... Okay.
0: You yeah. win. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That's what we're getting, so...
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I, again, I just want to make it clear. I'm happy we're getting the match, because Kanemaru's great. Yeah. And um, yeah. Master Wado gets the chance to show more of his, like, cool, crisp moveset. His just gimmick right. name is very stupid.
0: It's very weird. It's just... Like They hyped him up with all, all these vignettes uh, based on like just... I don't even know how to... He ran like, through a bamboo like, forest. Yes, yeah. There were just... <laughs> you watched his land, feet. Bamboo forest and then he comes out. He's in this neon blue kind of color. I like his look. Yeah. It just doesn't fit what they were, uh, what they were presenting. But on the other hand, what they were presenting kind of made me think he was going to be some kind of Asian sensei stereotype, uh, which I was worried about. out He's not, uh, but it it really doesn't make any sense. I'm on board with him though. I think he'll figure it out. Oh yeah. Uh, And
1: the thing is, I, I hope all of this, like everything I've said to this point, just kind of demonstrates that I have faith in Gato and new Japan booking. It's just it. That's that one detail where every time his music hits, every time (laughs) the video shows where they just show his fucking feet running through a bamboo forest, he gets on the ring. He gets announced twice because they announce everybody twice. Yep. Way to the Grandmaster Watto. Way to the Grandmaster. That doesn't mean anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, but neither does breathing with the switchblade. So. Oh, yeah. We don't have to get into that. Yeah. Who is also a pirate. Yep. <laughs> and he's a better pirate because he cares about things. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's stranded in America. What a fate. Yeah. It's I mean... The, the Phantom Zone of New Japan.
1: Yeah, actually I that that's something I I wasn't clear on. I don't know where Jay White like geoma- geographically geometrically I know where he is, but geographically like I didn't know if he was in New Zealand, I didn't know if he was in America because if yeah. he's in America,
0: I'm confused why he's not in the the US Cup. He just showed up. Well, he didn't oh. he not in the cup, but he showed up for the like New Japan USA shows or whatever. Okay, good. But,
1: yeah. Yeah, and I I like them teasing tension between him and Kenta then because I don't I don't see a world where Kenta doesn't win it.
0: Right. Yeah. Kent is winning it because he's in the tournament, obviously. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's weird. And well, I don't know why he didn't show up earlier.
1: Yeah. Ooh. Now that we're saying that out loud, this is why I love Gato as a booker. You can have somebody else win the cup and then have Switchblade and Kenta feud. You can yep. make two people at the same time with a surprising finish.
0: Right. Exactly.
1: Ah. Okay. I hope that happens now.
0: Yep. So yeah, we talked about the King of Pro Wrestling Finals four-way match. The winner of this, I think, will defend the title the king of pro wrestling. And then like at the end of the year or something, it resets. Yeah. So this will be like a thing they do every year, I guess. It'll be impossible. But (laughs)
1: here, here is my hope for the booking of the final. Whoever wins has to fight the ghost of Antonio Inoki.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Um, Every time Okada said that he was looking to do something bigger than the IWGP heavyweight championship. Yep. I was, I thought, they might have him fight a hologram of Inoki.
1: Like, <laughs> like, it's still... Just to
0: prove he's the best of all time.
1: It's so weird how, like... I, I'm, a, I'm of a generation of pro wrestling fan that I was born in 1987. So the heyday of ultra Japan, New Japan, I missed it. And I can go back and watch videos, but I'm never going to experience it or believe it like people who are fanatical, like Dave Meltzer would be, about Antonio Inoki and how important him and Giant Baba and the four pillars are to... Like Japanese pro wrestling, I understand all of it conceptually. That being right. said, I've gone back and I've watched Antonio Inoki versus the Great Muda. I've watched him like some of the like highlight Antonio Inoki matches, and they're just very specific matches to the time versus timeless classics. Right. Like you and I have talked about on the WrestleDown before, how we have very different opinions about Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12, um, and I'm very much of that mind. Uh, in my head, compared to an Antonio Anoki diehard of, like, he just took, like, beatings like Bruno San Martino did and then would, like, get one or two specific holds that were really strong and win. And that was it. And that's all you needed at the time. But every time Antonio Anoki comes up in 2020, 2019, 2018, I'm just like, everyone would kill him. <laughs> everyone. Like, evil would kill him. Fucking yeah. Kojima would lariat his head off. Fucking Tenzon would lock him in the anaconda Vice and it'd be done. Like the wrestling world passed him, but fucking Izuka would show up and just claw him to death.
0: Yeah, I think it's a. I mean, it's a. Yeah, it's a time difference thing. I yeah, know. I, enjoy, I enjoy the matches of his that I've seen, but I'm not like I could. I would not recommend them to a new fan or anything. <laughs> And, and like, like they're like historical yeah. documents to me, right?
1: And the thing is, um, on Twitch, I recently found like people will just stream like late '90s, early 2000s raw Nitro, and like some fucking Sid Vicious shit holds up. And like part of that is me being just very much a fan of the specific time when, like, in 1996, he beat the shit out of Shawn Michaels a bunch of times. But yeah. like his matches, even though he's a fucking wingnut, and like sometimes would miss pro wrestling bookings to play softball. He was fucking good at what he did. Yeah. So, like, 20 years later, go back... I would say go back and watch a Sid Vicious main event versus, like, an Oki doing whatever.
0: Different but style. It's, yeah.
1: You're exactly right. It's different styles.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and now half the time it would end in, like, a double, uh, double draw because of time limits, and I'd be like, I don't know what happened there. I assume that's what happened. All right. Strong style. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah... Then the third match they've got booked is uh, Takagi versus Suzuki for the Open Neverweight Championship. These guys are going to hit each other wicked hot. Wicked hot, kid. Um, yeah.
1: I, I think that this is going to be a lot of Shingo doing pump and bombers to Suzuki's chest and Suzuki laughing like a maniac and me gleefully yep. clapping my
0: hands. Yes, yeah. There's just going to be two dudes not backing down and not selling for each other until they start selling for each other and the match is probably three minutes away from ending at that point. Suzuki is in such a golden place in my head where he never has to win
1: anything, but he always puts on entertaining matches and makes the other person look good. He's basically New Japan's Ric Flair without the charisma.
0: Right. Yeah. The I would say he has at least two-thirds of the charisma. Two-thirds like, is generous, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I think he's got plenty. I think he's a very uh, dynamic performer that, like, you know, draws your attention. Uh, he's so good in the ring, too, at his age that, like, yeah... He doesn't have to win anything. He's got nothing to prove. He's just a tough fucking roadblock that you gotta get past. Yeah, he just shows up to menace whoever and then goes away. He does whatever
1: he wants. Like, even his Instagram is like true to his character where he's just like, Yeah, I I ate this protein shake and I put on these like really cool flamboyant socks that I'll never wear to the ring because I'm a shit kicker. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I do whatever I want, people. You should emulate me.
0: Yeah. And I do. Yes. Um and the junior title match mu Takahashi versus Taiji Shimori, which that should be fun. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. The thing about the New Japan Juniors division is that um, it's them. <laughs> yeah, it just it just shows up and once a once a once an event, and then it kind of goes away for a bit. But like, Rome was the guy that you got to have anchoring it because he's got he's got he definitely has the most charisma. He he was the
1: most recent challenger to the heavyweight title because of yeah. that charisma, and he do, he. Earned it. He deserves it. Yep. Um, it's so weird to me that they made such a big deal of Taiji Ishimori when he first showed up as the Bone Soldier, and then he won the title, and he should have, and he like blazed this incredibly impressive path through the Super Juniors, and then he lost the title um, at the Ring of Honor Supercard Show, which is fucking great, with him, Dragon Lee, and um, Bandito. I think right. it was Bandito. But, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, and then when he lost it, they just kind of shuffled him into a tag team with El Phantasmo and just stopped showcasing him. And I'm just like, he is cut like so many people aren't in any company. Like, he looks amazing. He can't work the same way that he did at, like, the height of his Noah powers, but he still is amazing. And I've just been stunned that it's taken him this long to be featured again. I, which, yeah.
0: I think, like, the thing that undercut him was I think he he debuted not too much before Shingo. Yeah, and then immediately the company was like, "Oh, Shingo's the shit," and he, he is. is. Yeah. So they just forgot about. I mean, most of the juniors really they were just Shingo versus Osprey and Takahashi or whatever uh, until they couldn't do that anymore for both of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I, it's almost like when Austin Aries showed up in NXT and then almost immediately Shinsuke showed up and Austin yes. Aries in character was just like, the fuck?
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, then in, probably in real life too.
1: Yeah, no, no, and no, no, probably... Wherever you are right now, Austin Aries, uh, please social distance, you stupid shit. Have a banana.
0: Not.
1: <laughs> um, not doing that at all. What a stupid fucking person. Him and Loki can <laughs> fucking fuck directly off as far away from humanity as possible. Yeah. But... Um, Yeah, as far as this juniors match goes, I don't see Hiromu losing. I think the match is going to be good. I hope neither one of
0: them get hurt. I hope neither one of them get sick. Yes, yeah. (laughs) I hope no one on this roster gets sick, even if they're not on the show. Yeah. Because apparently that's enough to shut down uh, a whole month of shows in Japan now.
1: Which, fuck, yeah, do that. Please, be safe. The WWE's been doing fucking temperature checks and then throwing the results away.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's the right thing to do. Don't get me wrong. It's just disappointing as yeah. Uh, to like, I had my schedule all ready to watch. I, I have some very elaborate spreadsheets ready for the, uh, the Stardom Five Star Grand Prix. Yep. And now they are useless. Yeah. Hopefully they won't be, but for now they are.
1: What I will recommend to you, if you choose to, and you're a sexy independent man and you do whatever you want, but I will make the same recommendation to all of our listeners: uh, make whoever you want in stardom in your game of choice. I made um Hanukimura, rest in peace, we love you, and Julia in Dynasty Warriors Empire 6, and they fight to unify China, and it's so fucking funny to me. There's <laughs> nice. just hordes of dudes that keep trying to kill them, and all they do is just, like, a few twirls, and these mobs of men go flying in the air. It's so fucking fun. So nice. if you can't watch stardom, make
0: stardom. I have a Hanakamura memorial well in my uh, Animal Crossing island. (laughs) I don't know why it's a well. It was just the thing that was in the center that looked good in the center of a plot of land. The thing is
1: about... Yeah, I mean, the thing is about Hanakamura and her legacy is that she would love you for that because she came to symbolize, through Tokyo Cyber Squad and just her lifestyle in general, acceptance of everyone for their differences and their specific interests. So... Um, whoever you are, if, if you're listening to this, um, if you didn't know who Hanakamura was, um, please check out any of her highlights. She was an excellent wrestler. Her, uh, family is ingrained in Japanese pro wrestling and she's dearly missed.
0: Yes. She was just getting started. It's too bad. It's a brutal thing to, to see. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, so the next, the, actually the last two matches on the card for their uh the new japan what is this thing called wrestle summer struggle okay summer struggle yeah i keep i keep forgetting because Wrestle dynasty was supposed to be this week a weekend in new york um and it keeps popping up on my facebook feed because i liked an event related to it yep uh so i keep forgetting what's what but yes summer struggle these last two matches rematches from very recently yep um the tag title match between uh, Ibushi and, Han- and Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi yep. should be really good. Those These guys work great together. They do. What And again, this is me
1: more loving and fawning over Gato as a booker. This is the type of booking that the WWE used to do in like 2001, 2002, where they'd have an entire pay-per-view where your favorites got fucking bulldozed and you yeah. were pissed and depressed about it because like Evolution would be running roughshod or the SmackDown 6 would be getting fucked around. Because at the time, the priority was long-term booking and being able to pay dividends on babyface title chases that would pay off, right? Before the monthly pay-per-view cycle became what it is now. So this is that only better because it's modern. Ibushi and Tanahashi's whole dynamic is that they just really love and respect each other, but it's not the same dynamic as like the Golden Lovers. So it's it's distinctly different and fun. And Dangerous Techers are such (laughs) shitheads.
0: yes they, like you they you, you just break tanahashi's knees for like 10 minutes straight The last match they did yeah they just dragon screw
1: leg whips middle of the ring one guy holding tanahashi's arms the other one breaking his legs they're just such yeah. shits. and like yeah. you've done a better job of keeping up with this than i have you want to tell the great people about what taichi's been up to with stardom <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, he's been uh web. or he was before like New Japan came back. He was webcaming with uh, Tom Nakano a lot, and it was it's uncomfortable to watch because yeah. I want good things for that lady. And Taichi is a <laughs> terrible person in character. It's like it's like watching I uh, I don't know the worst person you know like hang out with uh you know uh, so like a, a child or something like that. I don't want to. Tomiko was like the only person on Stardom's roster who's like my age. Yeah, make that comparison. But it's like she's she seems so sweet and innocent, and then Taichi's, like having her like I don't know, just be he's just be shirtless on a webcam with her and it's weird And <laughs> it's like strange. the specifics that I pulled uh, from what I I saw was that like she made
1: him lunch and he just like was like thanks and would sit in like a Hugh Hefner leather chair and just, like, look at her specifically with a skewed look just to try to, like, look up or down her shirt or skirt. And, like, yeah. the dynamic is so trashy, but it's also just played for exactly what it is. Like,
0: Yes. Yeah, it, it's played for laughs, but it's it's so weird.
1: It is. And, like, I think you and I both have similar goals. You more specifically because you've been a bigger fan of Joshi wrestling um the, the last few years than I have. Like, Tam Nakano, it seems like... Um, we're both in the, the Facebook group Stardom Without Context, with it, which is always yeah. funny. But, like, one of the things that they showed was the bikini fight between Tam Nakano and Julia. And someone made a meme that was awesome, that was just like, oh, bleh, stop sexualizing wrestlers, and then immediately in the next photo was Tanahashi with naked, with the New Japan logo <laughs> over yeah. his ass. Yeah. So, like, Japan gets it. And right. the difference between, like, I think would it, like the there's almost a filter culture difference of, like, American fans see that, get distressed, and they just put a WWE lens over it, of just, like, they're being exploitative, where Japan's just like, right. I mean, we are, but also we respect them, and
0: when the camera turns off, like, we still see them as human beings. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, the thing I was trying to think of that they had to do, like, he does his spot where he rips his tearaway pants off and does a kick, and he was having her and, uh, Sayahita uh, do that on his web like chat with them. And it was oh I'm muted. No, I'm not muted. Okay. Yeah, it was uh it was weird, but it was played for the laps that you you'd want it to be. Yeah. Um and he kept like he kept using footage from that as like next week I'm gonna have an upskirt shot or something like that. <laughs> like <laughs> just to be a real <laughs> shithead heel and uh she and, like, and, was playing along with it. And
1: and that's the thing. Like that that's what I have been Kind of hoping for since the cm punk era of the pipe bomb of hey mainstream professional wrestling social media exists why don't we incorporate it yeah. and new japan and stardom and just more companies that aren't the wwe have been smarter about incorporating it um the best example i can think the wwe did was the mixed match challenge but nobody watched it so right. yeah like there uh, i love when companies take risks and at least i get to enjoy them if not they don't pay off because, like, I would I I would watch like the third season of the Mixed Match Challenge wherever they found a home for it. Um, right. and I'll watch interstitial Tai Chi things because that's how wrestling used to be programmed in like the 80s and 90s. You specifically had backstage interviews and skits because they understood you don't. Some fans, not every fan, but most fans, need a break in between the matches.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it's uh. Good times. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, watching like all the little things they like, come up with uh, to fill time in New Japan and stardom. Yeah. Um Yeah, so the name main event of this show, over versus Evil again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh For, yep, for both titles. Yep. But Naito could become a double champion, a double-double champion. Double-double-double Naito. Yeah. Which I think is what's going to happen, but yeah. we'll see. We're going to... I don't see Evil keeping his title up through uh, fucking wrestle kingdom. So I think I, he wins it and probably fights, I don't know, Okada again. The G one starts in September, I think. So yep. this is all more or less been filler until they can get that schedule sorted out. I hear
1: what you're saying. And I think that in equal measures, I could see Gato or I could see, I keep saying Gato, like I assume Gato's is the only one who makes these decisions, but Um, I could see the bookers of New Japan going one of two ways long-term with the main event scene. I think that um, the double title gimmick is going to continue through Wrestle Kingdom next year. I think that if Wrestle Kingdom still happens in January like they have it traditionally scheduled, I think that here and now, because of how they booked Okada recently, and I feel like the Tanahashi and Jay White runs were just kind of exceptions to the rule, with the G one coming up, it's more for me interesting long term with all of the matches they do in between that may not be as exciting for Evil to be still champ through the G one and to like lose matches to potential new challengers and have fresh matchups as him as the main event heel than Naito again. I love Naito. I just think that yeah. because of quarantine specifically, he hasn't had he didn't get the double champion run that he. Like was booked to get when he beat um, Switchblade and Okada back to back. So what I think would be, for me would be cool is Evil beats him here due to fucking shenanigans. He's championed through the G one. Some other people beat him during the G one, so that he drops like the Intercontinental title maybe. But yeah. Naito wins the G one this year. Um, even though it would be back to back, or actually no, he didn't win the G one. Uh, Bushi did. So I think yeah. Naito. Uh, Wins the G1. I think they do like the true blow off between Evil and Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom so that they can really ramp up like more of Evil's motivations to like fuck off from L.I.J. and rebuild Bullet Club. And then
0: Naito gets it back at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, I can go either way on that. I do. Naito tends to win the rematches though, as we've seen in like a lot of other feuds. So I think he's going to win this one, but. Who knows? I'm excited for most of the events. I think they'll have a better match than their first one. Yeah. And hopefully they keep it short, er, compared uh, to the first one. Yeah. I feel like it... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm just like... Uh, I'm looking forward to this event, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah.
1: like I, I'm absolutely with you that the rematch is going to be better because I feel like there's very few cases of what feel like first time matchups between guys that just nail it immediately. Like I can only yeah. think of two in the last 10 years off the top of my head um, that hit that. I think AJ Styles versus John Cena the first time blew everyone away because Styles worked his ass off and Cena was finally like, yes, someone else gets it. Um, yes. yeah. And when Shinsuke first showed up and fought Sami Zayn and NXT, um, the, fir- the only time they fought because Zane was moving on. Shinsuke needed a strong win, and they were allowed to do everything they wanted. Yeah, right. it, with a nuclear crowd. Um, other than that, it's it's usually they get it right the next time.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we'll see how this goes, and it's uh it should be a good one. They're definitely it's gonna be have a crowd, which is always a plus, and not always given this era. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Nope, No uh, showdown. Let's talk about, like, we brought up the speaking out movement. That was the other major news thing that happened yep. over the course of uh, the quarantine. Basically, a bunch of uh, people, mostly women, came out in the detailed uh, allegations about the sexual misconduct and various other abuses by several wrestlers. A lot of it was focused on the UK. Yep. Um, I'm pretty sure mostly UK wrestling's on hold because their COVID numbers are crazy. Uh, but it's also we would hope that they would be resorting their organizations. They're not really, from what I've seen. Uh, a shame. they're kind shame. Of, they're kind of firing the people who were accused and distancing themselves, but not really making changes to make their environments more safe, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But basically, uh, in kind of a snowball of this, this is why uh, guys like Joey Ryan is completely disgraced and Outcast from wrestling. Yep. Uh, you you mentioned Travis Banks and uh, what was it, Jack Gallagher got fired from WWE. Yep. I believe Jordan Devlin was on there. On he, but I don't yeah. know if he got fired. He's like just been in the UK unused. He's in,
1: he's indefinitely suspended. He was, uh, the allegations against him, it, I mean, I'd, I'm piping in a little bit not because um, I want to just be like, oh, it, it's important that I get the point. It's just like, the, what's so difficult about fans being on the outside of pro wrestling whenever something real life complex comes up is sussing out real from fantasy or real from rumor. Right. And with Jordan Devlin, specifically the allegations with him were that he um, physically assaulted his girlfriend. Yes, And that's bad. That's really bad. If he's guilty of it, there should be appropriate punishment and response. But Joey Ryan and um, Michael Elgin and Jack Gallagher and Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream, everyone from the top of promoted cards to the middle or wherever, it doesn't really matter Like what their status was. They really should be investigated and reprimanded the same if they're guilty of things after investigation. And to what you were saying,
0: some have, some haven't. Um, See, and I wish that wish that all of entertainment had like an independent third body that could yeah. do this because uh, otherwise we're leaving it up to the companies and uh, it's questionable what any of them are doing. Like WWE fired some people. That's probably, you know, good. It probably means that there was enough evidence out there that um, they had to go. Yeah. Uh, then other times, like say, just before this, but then also as part of this, Velveteen Dream was accused of several uh, of grooming minors. Uh, and sending nude pictures of himself to them, which he admitted there was a picture of him, but said that it was sent without his permission or something somehow. That he got so, hacked. Yeah. yeah. So it makes it hard. I like guess part of the reason why our show is probably not going to be covering NXT very much, uh, if at all, for the time being. Maybe yep. our opinions our will change. I don't know. Uh, but for to now, uh, it's uncomfortable. It's too uncomfortable to make the, uh, the cognitive dissidents like go away,
1: right? And for me, and I, I believe it's similar for you because we both had the chance in the Russell Friends thread that we have to weigh in on this. Um, it's not so much opinion for me, like that. That's that's just the word you said, so I'm not. Um, I'm not drilling into that, like for semantics reasons. It's more of I'm very disappointed with the professional wrestling fan base that. It was being said when speaking out was first gaining steam that especially from the accuser saying this is very difficult for us to say and to represent and we really hope we can't force this, but we really hope that people just don't absorb all of this at once, make snap decisions and then move on as if this is part of like a 24 hour news cycle. Yes. Yeah. And that's what's happened. Right. Um, and you you nailed the perfect example of that, which is the UK wrestling scene. Right. Um, there are these performative changes that keep getting trotted out as addressing systemic issues, and it's not. Um, so as far as NXT and SmackDown go for me personally, it's not that I want my opinion to change about Velveteen Dreamer Matt Riddle. I want to know... If they had these allegations against them, their company investigated them and found them innocent beyond a reasonable doubt. That's what should happen when these accusations get made because of how sensitive it is for the accusers to come forward.
0: Right. Yeah. I think the thing that bugs me is... No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: If Matt Riddle is innocent... I would be happy to be a fan of his again because all I know about him is he is somebody I recognize from from one of the seasons of The Ultimate Fighter. He became a pro wrestling success story because he busted his ass on the independent scene and then became so successful there that he did Bloodsport and... Uh, The rumor was he was making enough money before NXT that he didn't need to join the company, and indie purist wrestling fans can always say, like, oh, I liked this guy before he went to this company. I know him as that. I don't know Matt Riddle the person. I know he's married, and I know he has daughters. And if he's guilty of what he's accused of, he's a disgusting human being, and I don't want to have to see his image because of what the WWE has demonstrated with Chris Benoit. Benoit was guilty of a horrific fucking thing, and they scrubbed him from history. People have come out in years since, like Jericho, who's up his own ass as a person, but great as a performer, being like, no, you should recognize Benoit. No, you shouldn't. No, you fucking shouldn't. Nope. Um, But it's with Riddle and specifically Dream, where there's just so much empirical evidence that anybody can grab, which is also devil's advocate you can say he did get hacked he this was photoshopped he was a victim of this rather than being a predator but we don't know and every dirt sheet report i've read about riddle or dream has basically been the wwe willingly chose to not follow up yeah and this is where corporate america specifically this is tangential to wrestling but but important Because they're independent contractors, the WWE as a company doesn't have to assume responsibility for their behavior, but they get to profit from their image. Yes. So they literally can employ the worst scum of society because they can also have plausible deniability that we didn't actually know that they were guilty of these things. We looked into it and we found no evidence when they didn't. They can just lie.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: And that. uh, Yeah.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: That's why I'm not, I I don't want to cover NXT or SmackDown because I refuse to be willfully ignorant of two men specifically who are being booked very favorably on air as if they had nothing lobbied against them. Um, You and I, um, I know, like had a lot of discussions in the last few years about how much we love Velveteen Dream. I was gutted. Both of my girlfriends into them a little bit. Yeah his persona helped get it helped sarah become a bigger fan and Alyssa become a bigger fan and i genuinely was excited because he felt like the first lgbtq plus black character that they, they allowed to really organically gain a lot of momentum mm-hmm. and he was super fucking promising in terms of like this could be the next rock yes he's not going to be because there's a tons tons of reasons why now he won't be and personally he's probably not the same person just for a lot of reasons but point being he symbolized a ton of potential for really good systemic change and that gets erased if he's guilty of these things and it doesn't seem like anyone's following up to say yes or no
0: yes yeah um for me i don't want to cover nxt right now just because the evidence against dream is like it's damn tangible it's there yeah it's like He could have been hacked. That's fine, but like, it doesn't seem like anyone's really looking into it. And technically, he didn't. I don't know. It's like uh, it's it's so hard to say what to do because like, there's nothing you can do other than just not tune in. Yeah. Um, The real case is different for me because it's very he said she said. Yeah. So for me, I mean, Darby Allen also has similar allegations against him,
1: and Justin Um, Roberts. Yeah.
0: Yep, and AW hasn't done anything about that. So, like for me, uh, it's like an asterisk that just goes over their heads whenever I see them on TV. Yep, I'm not gonna not tune in because like it's I I can't know right. It's just something that I have to note and know that potentially this person is horrible. Yep, um, but I don't know to what extent. So I'm gonna keep watching, but it's not gonna make me. I'm not going to be rooting for them. We're probably not going to cover much of either of their segments, if at all. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah.
1: And I appreciate that you, you draw that line distinctly because this is where I hate whenever it's a moral struggle to be, to choose to consume entertainment. It shouldn't be that way. It should always in my head and in a perfect world, which obviously it's not because we're in a fucking pandemic, but it shouldn't ever be the responsibility of the fans to hold the performers accountable it should be the companies it yeah. should for, well, first and foremost it should be the performers holding themselves accountable but when that fails yeah there is no like independent review board like you said earlier there's no real board of accountability that independent contractors in professional wrestling have to be accountable to except what feels like the court of public opinion and that is disgusting because there are Twitter apologists who we've both seen that. Yeah. Like one guy yesterday, because we were prepping for this. Um, I looked at something about dream and it was in, um, it was in a thread. We both follow that. I won't name that basically said the reason why, um, Velveteen dream didn't get arrested is pretty simple. Everybody, uh, one of his accusers didn't go to the police. It's like, no, that's not it. Yeah. Yeah. There were multiple accusers. And after it came to light that this was a possibility, the WWE was responsible to follow up because that's one of the independent contractors they do business with. Right. And all evidence is showing they didn't. Not only did they not, they booked him in a high profile ladder match last night, which is pretty favorable treatment for somebody who is still in question about whether or not he groomed minors for sex. Like, how is this a question?
0: Right, yeah, they didn't do anything with his accusation at all. It doesn't seem like... Cause no. He even said that the reason he was off TV was because he had a car accident, which was weirdly timed, uh, right. i got to say.
1: very um, convenient. After he got hacked, yeah. too.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know. Uh, NXT's off the board for now. We yep. respect the other performers there, um, and I'm sure they're doing great stuff, as they always are. But there's always other wrestling to watch. Yep. It's always been our thing, that uh, if we don't like it, we can go somewhere else. That's why we're gonna be covering New Japan. Maybe yep. the next episode should be about stardom. We'll see what their schedule comes up with. Yeah. are the D- you said you were gonna get try to get into T J P W. Yeah,
1: I mean it like like we've been saying right along, it's a global pandemic, baby. There's yep. nothing but time to just kind of make whatever day you want. But yep. um, the last snarky spin that I'll put on uh, NXT, because this is a comedy show, yep. is uh, I respect Karrion Cross in Scarlet Budo the person. I don't give a fuck about your snap site of suplex and you scowling all the time, buddy. Your character <laughs> sucks.
0: <laughs> like well, Keith, Keith Lee should
1: have of eaten of- him. <laughs> it's like, really weird how fast he rose up the ranks. I mean Ro- surprising. Road Dog gave an interview about this last month. He was just
0: like, yeah, I mean, Aaron Cross is tall. But that's <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's <laughs> it's increasingly the brands are starting to bleed together in ways that we don't like. Yeah, um, and like, oh God, of all the ways that I was gonna think about
1: Keith Lee, this I was thinking about this specifically for us today. I, I never wanted to think about Keith Lee in the context of any company as a transitional champion, but if that's what's in the cards for him to go to the main roster and make more money and be yeah. like financially better off, hooray. Yeah. He's yeah. one of the guys who spoke up during Speak Out saying, hey, everybody, I'm a 340-pound behemoth and seen as very powerful. I was taken advantage of, and I won't go into detail because that's his story to tell if he chooses yeah. to or if people want to look it up. He did. But he did. Yeah. No. Uh, uh, yeah, he he did. You're, and it's just more to frame the point of like, he took a similar risk as like people who may not in physical stature be as large or right. in society in the public eye be as well known. And like people supported him and loved him for coming out and people should anybody who's a victim of these type of, of abuses should be should um, be empowered to be able to come out and be supported. they do not always. It's just more to frame the point of, like,
0: it doesn't matter who you are. It could happen to you. Yes. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I mean, yeah, that's obviously a great point and very, you know, uh, apt. Uh, I will say this about Keith Lee's short title reign. Uh, NXT, in general, doesn't have the face holding a title for very long. Yeah. 90% of the time, it's a heel you know, being chased. So good luck to Karrion Cross. I guess. Um, Snapsay to suplex, baby. Yeah. Maybe we'll tune in again when Velveteen Dream gets injured or some shit. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, but, I'm, le- yeah. As a fan, I'm legitimately upset that like Dexter
1: Loomis didn't kill him in kayfabe or that <laughs> like he just didn't get written off for literally any reason. When he had a back yeah. injury, he got thrown off the top of a production cr- cr- truck right. in kayfabe. Like, right. You can't, like, whenever it gets said by Triple H or by any face of the WWE of just, like, we could have made a decision, but there were too many things that stopped us, you're literally the worldwide leader in professional wrestling. What stops you? The pandemic didn't stop you. Right. Nothing can, like, if you choose to, you can sell the fucking XFL assets to The Rock.
0: You can create a Thunderdome. Yes. What stops you ever? Yeah, I know it's it's dumb. Yeah, um, yeah. Let me know if you need any guidance in uh, getting into TJPW. Uh, their Princess Cup tournament was a lot of fun uh, for like what, it was like four shows, and like the finals are next weekend. So we'll see you. Thanks you for listening up. Thanks you. That's the thing I said. Uh, <laughs> that's how we end the show now. Thanks you. For Thanks to you. <laughs> to the wrestle down. Goodbye, but goodbye. Bye 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 bye.